0: Good morning TRC, it's good to see you guys today, everybody wearing green, hey turn me down just a little bit please, everybody wearing green, if you're not, if you're sitting next to somebody who's not wearing green pinch them real quick, now if you're not wearing green yourself and you're sitting next to somebody who's not wearing green don't pinch them because you'll get pinched back or make sure that they actually are not wearing green before you pinched him isn't that right Mr. Noah yeah yeah that's right Noah comes up to me this morning he doesn't ask me he just pinches me then he says you're not wearing green and I'm like yes sir yes sir I am wearing green and then he made me chase him around to pinch him back Hey, we're in a series called you before, actually before, I just want to say, Steph, you rocked it this morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us. You sounded so good. Steph's not used to getting compliments, so she doesn't know what to do with that. She's just sitting there awkwardly. You did good, Steph. Thank you so much. Hey, go with me to John chapter 3 as we continue our series, a series called you. Today, we're looking at the observer, the observer or the investigator Siri, I am not talking to you. Yeah, Let's put you. We're talking about the observer. So week one was the reformer. The reformer sees things and and looks at things not for how they are but how they could be. Um, But they can come across as very judgmental, very jerkish every now and then. The helper. It was week two, the helper uh, obviously wants to help everybody, wants to be serving everybody. But at the same time, they come across as judgmental because they believe everybody should be as helpful and as serving as they are. Number three, the achiever. The achiever wants to get things done, wants to move forward, wants to push the goal forward. But they're very uh, uh, jealous, they want to be the only ones who achieve, they want to be the only ones that accomplish, and they'll look down at everybody else, and then number four is the individualist that we looked at last week. The individualist is is pretty creative, or, or is most of the times very creative all up in their emotions, all up in their feelings, and they feel everything, and they want to know how everybody else around them feels, and they ask the question all the time, how do you feel about that, and, and how does that make you feel, and, and that's not a bad thing. If you're, if, if you're number four, that's not a bad thing, but they're all up in their feelings all of the time, but they can be very envious, uh, or they can be... Uh, jealous of people who, of other people who are, um, who have the gifts of being unique or who have the gifts or in talents and who are a little bit different, who are creative. They can be jealous of them. Uh, today, the number five, we're looking at the observer. The observer is somebody who you can, you can kind of tell a little bit by the, by the name, kind of tends to like to kind of sit back and, and, and watch. Do you know anybody who likes to people watch? Like literally likes to people watch. Well, literally like to watch people. I, like, I just heard somebody say, I like that. Yeah, it's, that you might be a number five. So uh they like to kind of sit back and, and observe a little bit more. Um most most number fives are very cool, calm, and collective. They don't freak out in the middle of stuff. They don't freak out um uh whenever just in anything, they, they're very thoughtful and they're very knowledgeable. They like to learn. They like to learn a whole lot. People that like to watch documentaries, like not even the cool documentaries, but the boring documentaries, you might be a number five. Um, people who like to read a lot and like to study a lot, somebody who spends more time studying about their vacation than they actually spend on vacation, at vacation. You might be an observer. You might be a number five. Somebody who researches everything that they buy. You know anybody like that who reads all of the reviews before they go eat at the restaurant, reads all of the reviews on the product before they order it on Amazon, and then they shop it? They will be, listen to me, they will be at Walmart. They will be at Walmart looking at the item that they're about to buy, and then they'll look it up on Amazon and say, oh, it's 20 cents cheaper on Amazon. I'm just going to order it from Amazon, and and forget about the gas money that you just spent to go to Walmart. It's twenty cents cheaper. You might be, you might be, a number five. A quick story, um, just to show you guys the, the quick, the, the the calm, the calmness, the collectiveness of a number five. A, a friend of mine who whom I think is a is a very. Uh, deep number five. Uh, you guys remember a series that we did back in November called Out of the Wilderness, and I shared with you guys a video of this just freaky animal uh, just making a God-forsaken noise at me. You guys, you guys remember that for those of you that were here? Well, I send the video to this friend of mine, because he's, he's for one, he's very smart. I, 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 I believe he's very smart. And uh, because he spends so much time in the woods, I thought maybe maybe he heard it. He's heard it before. And so I sent him the video. We talk a little bit on the phone. And he's like, ah, I wouldn't worry about it, man. He's like, the chances of you, he said, the chances of you being mauled by a bear aren't very high. And I'm like, what are you talking? I'm like, I just walked out of the woods in the dark by myself with nothing but a bow and arrow and the chances aren't very high. I'm freaking out over here. And he says, man, I spend so much time in the woods. Am I going to get mauled by a cougar or by a bobcat or by a bear someday? "Eh, Probably not. Am I going to get snake bitten one day? Maybe. And he's just like talking like just so like, yeah, like not a big deal. Like somebody will find me eventually if a, if I get attacked by a bear and it, and I'm like freaking out in my mind, thinking whenever that I heard that noise, like my whole family flashing before my eyes, and like little Adeline right growing up without her daddy, and I'm just like, and he's like, eh, no big deal, man, just it's, it'll be okay. I'm like, you might be a little a, a number five if you. Look at life that way. Eh, no big deal. It's blood blood going everywhere. You're, you're going to be okay. You're, it's, 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 just calm down. Calm down. It might be a number five. Jesus has a conversation, and this is actually out of the conversation with an observer, a man named we call Nicodemus, a man named Nicodemus. We actually get probably the most famous scripture in the entire Bible, John three sixteen. You know, um if you hadn't ever heard of it before, a, a man named Tim Tebow uh, wrote it underneath his eye and his, I guess, eyeliner. I don't know what that stuff's called. But he wrote it underneath his eye and it got like something like nine million hits or, or or nine million different people Googled it. John chapter three, verse sixteen, but we're gonna pick it up in verse one. You guys ready? John chapter three, verse one. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. A ruler of the Jew, of the Jews, excuse me. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, "Rabbi." So, whenever he calls Jesus Rabbi, what he's saying is teacher. So he acknowledges Nicodemus being an intelligent man himself. Nicodemus, being a very, very smart and very uh, studious man, looks at Jesus and calls him. Teacher. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. You see his observation here. Verse three Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, Now, again, here's the observer in him. Jesus just said, unless you're born again, and Nicodemus says, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? He's trying to figure this out. Jesus just said, unless you're born again, you cannot enter into heaven. And Nicodemus is literally trying to figure this out. If you don't just take, if, if you can't just be appreciative that your car works, you have to know why and how everything works. You might be a number five. And this is Nicodemus. Jesus just said you have to be born again to get into heaven. And he says, how does that work? Number, number five, most surely I say to you, uh, uh, or, yeah, most surely I say to you, unless one is born of water and of spirit... He cannot enter the kingdom of God. Verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it is coming from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. What Jesus is saying here is saying, listen, Nicodemus, you don't understand how this whole thing works. And you may not ever understand the way this whole thing works. No one may ever. Be able to understand completely how it is that Jesus was born uh, of being completely 100% man, 100% God, and He died on the cross and He gave and He bought the forgiveness for all of our sins. Jesus is trying to say, Listen to me, you don't have to understand how it all works. Just accept it, just embrace it. And then Jesus says, What is born in flesh is of flesh, but what is born of the Spirit is. Is of the Spirit. And this is, this is the problem that Nicodemus has as he's trying to figure out God with his mind, and he's not just embracing him with his heart. You guys with me? Have you ever just tried to explain Jesus to someone? Literally tried to explain God to someone. Listen to me, unless we open our hearts to God, we cannot rationalize God with our minds. Would you guys agree with that? That's why God says, listen, God says, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts. They're higher than your thoughts. We cannot rationalize God. We cannot rationalize Jesus. We can't rationalize grace. If we could rationalize grace and it would mean that we could somehow earn it or deserve it. And we cannot do that. Would you guys agree with that? You agree we cannot earn, we cannot deserve the grace that God has given to. And Jesus is trying to just, Jesus, what he's trying to do is get past Nicodemus' head and his mind and his thoughts and get into his heart. So we continue reading. Verse 9, Nicodemus answered and, and, and said to him, how can these things be? He's still, he's still in his mind. He's still not just opening up his heart. Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Jesus just kind of hit a low blow here. He says, You're the best we've got. You're one of the brightest, sharpest minds in all of Israel. And you don't understand this? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And here goes the most famous scripture in the entire Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm going to go ahead and read verse 17 because I love it. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much this morning. We thank you for your presence we've already felt in this place. We ask you, God, today that you'd speak into our heart, that you'd speak into our minds. God, help us to understand your word. Help us to receive your word. But God, more than anything, help us to live your word out. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. So Jesus here is trying so hard. Nicodemus is trying to figure Jesus out in his mind and in his head, and he just can't write, wrap his mind around it, just like none of us can. And Jesus is trying to get into his heart. And, uh, so a few things, a few good things about the observer. Number one is the observer reflects the wisdom of God. What you got to understand is uh, Nicodemus was an in- incredibly intelligent man. Very, very smart man. Uh, this, this man more than likely knew the Bible word for word by memory. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine knowing the entire Bible? How many of y'all, anybody grow up in, uh, in, in Sunday school where you had to memorize a verse? And it was always better if it was like the short verses like Jesus wept. You know, like I might be able to remember. And then, and then there was still that one kid that was like cried Jesus did or something. I don't know. Still got it wrong somehow. Well, this man knew the entire Bible word for word. Man, the the observer, they're very intelligent. They reflect the wisdom of God. and And they like, again, they like to do research. They like to be a part of this. Their core motivation is actually to gain knowledge. Their core motivation is to gain knowledge. They're the ones that when you do go on vacation and there's one of those signs there in front of of something, in front of a boat or in front of a tree or in front of... They're the ones standing there reading the entire thing. Fine print and everything. They're reading it all. They're the ones that, that just have like just weird little facts about just about everything. Oh, did you know that back in blah, 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 they just spit out stuff. The observer, their core motivation is to gain knowledge. They, they love to learn and they like to grow in, in knowledge. Their need is to uncover truth and, invo- and avoid, excuse me, incompetence. Their need is to uncover truth. And this, just like in the individualist, can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. It can be a good thing that you want to uncover truth, right? And we, that, that we want to know what the truth is and, and we want to seek the truth. Uh, after all, Jesus is known as the... He's a he's truth, right? He's the way, the truth. And the light. So Jesus is known as a truth. So it's a good thing for the observer to want to uncover, to want to discover what is truth. But sometimes when they, in their avoiding incompetence, what this means is they don't like to be around incompetent people. Now, have you ever been around people in general? We're pretty incompetent. Would you guys, would you guys agree? We all are in one way or another, Okay. Some of you guys are great cowboys. But we don't want to give you the mic and get up here and and start preaching. You guys with me? And at the same time, you don't want me wrestling your steers down and I I have to have help to do that. You guys with me? Some of y'all are great painters. Others not so much. That's why we got paint all over our floors we're incompetent. People are incompetent. And when the observer is healthy, listen, when the observer is healthy and, and what it means for them when they're pursuing Jesus, what it means for them to avoid incompetence, really what they're doing is they're looking for it in themselves. And they want to make sure that they're doing a good job. They want to make sure that they're prepared. They want to make sure that they're studying. When they get a different job or, or when, they're, when they're doing a different area of their work, they want to make sure they have all of the information. When they're doing something new, when they're going somewhere new, they don't just, get in the car and start driving like they they've spent a little bit of time on their phone asking siri or google maps what's the best way to they're they they do not just you know blind this is what i do whenever i go on a trip about three minutes before i put it in the or three seconds before i put it in drive i hit it in the gps shortest route bang i don't question siri sometimes i should but i don't question siri i just say okay fast, fastest route by 15 minutes let's take this way but the observer Again, trying to avoid incompetence, they don't just take series word for it. Like they zoom in on the map, you guys with me, and they and they and they and they make sure that this is the route that they like to take. So when they're healthy, they're avoiding incompetence by studying more, by doing more research, by making sure that they're prepared. But when they're unhealthy, what they do is they is they avoid the incompetence of other of others. And anytime they're tasked to be to work with someone, or anytime someone is working with them and they're not as good at it as them, they move them out of the way, they push them out of the way. They don't let them learn. They don't they don't allow them to have any time to kind of grow in that area. Does that make any sense to anybody? don't 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 start pointing at people if if you if you know who they are the bad part the bad part of the observer is when unhealthy they shift from being observant to being detached so the observer a, a lot of observe, observers come across and can be a little bit introverted so when you're in a crowded room uh, the observer will kind of be in the corner again people watching you know that 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 one person that when you're at a birthday party or you're at christmas party or they 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 always find a place to be on their own away from everybody else away from the noise away from the chaos and they're and, and not necessarily alone or lonely and in, in, in solitude but they're just kind of watching and they're actually enjoying it okay but when the when the observer. Is unhealthy, then what they begin to do is they detach themselves from everybody else and they actually, they isolate themselves from everybody else. And this is when you have to be careful. Listen to me, parents. If you're raising a little number five, you have to be careful with how much screen time you give them, how much time you allow them to be uh, playing their video games, how how much time you allow them to watch TV, to be watching Netflix, to be on their computer, to be on their phone, to even be reading because what they'll do is they'll completely detach themselves from anybody else. They'll completely detach themselves from any relationship that they have, from any health relationship that they have and they can be just fine being all by themselves all day every day you guys know somebody like that they're just fine they they don't have to have human interaction and now here's the thing listen to me here's the thing south polk county is perfect for people like that I've had conversations with people. I know, I know I'm the only human that they've actually seen in probably the last 30 days because they won't shut up. You know what I'm saying? Like you're driving down the dirt road and then they stop. And so, you know, that means they want to have a conversation and they start talking about stuff that like like they're just spewing out the last six months of their lives. And I'm like, where is your wife, bro? Talk to her sometimes. Is that making any sense? An observer will become very detached when they're unhealthy, when they're not pursuing God. And they don't care if they don't have human interaction. They don't care if they're, if they're not having conversations with people. They don't, they're just fine being locked up in their homes or in their room or in their tractor or in their car. They're just fine being away from everybody all day, every day. And they don't care. They don't miss anybody. They don't call anybody. They're just fine being alone. And listen to me. I'm going to get into this a little bit later, but I just, I just have to say it right now. Listen to me. None of us were created to live life alone. None of us were created. Matter of fact, it's, it's going to be in our notes later, but it, it's so funny to me. It's so funny to me when you, when you read the Bible and when you read Genesis chapter 1 and you get into Genesis chapter 2 and, and, and because all of Genesis chapter 1 is, is God created this and he saw that it was, and he saw that it was good. And God created, God created the heavens and the earth and he saw that it was, God separated the waters from the earth and he saw that it was, God created light and darkness and he saw that it was. God created the animals and the birds of the air and God saw that it was... God created all of the fish and the creatures of the sea and God saw that it was... And then it says, God created man and God said, "Uh uh-oh. He doesn't say, oh, He saw that it was good. God created man, He says, and He saw that it was bad for man to be alone. Listen to me, if you love a number five, if you are a number five, if you're raising a number five, a little observer, listen to me. Don't allow them to isolate themselves. Don't allow them to spend too much time by themselves because it is not healthy. The ugly part, their core sin is actually greed or stinginess. Greed or stinginess. And they can be greedy or stingy. I'm not talking about financially or just financially, but they can be greedy or stingy with their time, with their emotions, and with their knowledge. With their time, with their emotions, and with their knowledge. Listen to me, the, the observer, just like I said, they're okay being by themselves all day, every day. And for them to have to spend time with you or with someone is a chore, it is a task. That they have to spend time with you. You guys with me? So they can be greedy with their time because they want to be by themselves. They want to be alone. They want to be alone with their thoughts. They're typically deep thinkers, so they want to be alone with their thoughts. And th- that way they can have these deep thoughts and, and, and feel, I don't know, and, and, and just do whatever it is that they want to do, but they want to do it on their own. And so they're stingy with their time. They're the ones that are late to the party and early to leave. And you're lucky that they even went most times. They can be stingy, very, very, very stingy with their time, very stingy with their emotions. Listen, they'll have a conversation with you all day about what they think about what's going on in their mind and how they think something works. And, and, and whenever you get into the mechanicals of something, especially something that they've done research on, man, they can talk to you all day about why you should buy from this place and not from this place. They can talk to you all day about why you should buy this type of vehicle and not this type of vehicle. All day about how this works and how this doesn't work. But as soon as you try to get deep and you start asking them, well, how does that make you feel? They shut down. They're stingy with their emotions. They don't want to let you in. They don't want to let anybody in because they don't care about emotions. They care about the way they think. They they rationalize. Just like Nicodemus, man. Just like Nicodemus. Jesus says you have to be born again. How does that even work? And Have you guys noticed that sometimes our emotions just don't make sense? Come on. Come on, ladies. Come on, ladies remember being a teenager and crying over somebody and you're like why am I even crying over them none of you ladies but emotions don't make sense and this is why the observer is so so stingy with their emotions because they can't rationalize them they don't understand why they feel the way they feel so they'd rather just suppress them and if they, don't understand, if they don't understand why they feel the way they feel, they sure don't understand why you feel the way that you feel. So they sure don't care about how you feel. So when they're unhealthy, when they're not pursuing God, man, they're stingy with their time, they're stingy with their emotion, and they're even stingy with their knowledge. Had a conversation. Been, it's been several years ago with a very, very intelligent pastor. Very, I mean... Golly, this dude was smart. And and I remember asking him some questions. And you know, he didn't want to give me the answers. You know what he told me? This is literally, this is what he told me. He said, EJ, it took me a lot of time to figure that answer out. I'm going to have to let you do that one on your own. I'm like, what? Now, I didn't realize it at the time, but this dude was stingy with his knowledge. He was greedy with it because it took him time. And, and I can respect that. I can respect that it, that it took him time to study the Bible and figure out what the answer was to that. But help a brother out. When you're unhealthy, listen to me, number five. Is when you're unhealthy, when you're, when, when you're not pursuing God, you can even be stingy with what you know. And you can sit there and watch somebody struggle. And let them struggle. You can be knowing, you can know in your mind there's an easier, better way to do it. But because you had to learn the hard way, you want everybody else to learn the hard way. You guys with me? Well, nobody helped me out, so why should I help them out? I did it on my own. You guys follow me? So let me give you, let me give you a few biblical truths to follow. Number one, pursue generosity. Pursue generosity. You know, it was it was Nicodemus in John chapter 7. Whenever Jesus is on trial, it was Nicodemus who actually spoke up for Jesus. It was actually, it was Nicodemus who actually said, Hey, you're not treating him fairly, you're not treating him right. Then when Jesus was uh, uh Killed, and when Jesus was crucified on that cross, you know it was Nicodemus. It, it was it was jo- a man named Joseph who who let him borrow. He didn't give him the tomb because we all know it was only borrowed, right, for three days. But it was Joseph who actually let him let Jesus borrow the tomb to be buried in. But it was Nicodemus who paid for the entire funeral, and he had your Bible will say it, or actually let's just read it. John chapter what is it? Nineteen, I believe. John chapter nineteen, verses thirty nine. And forty. Any of you ladies that are in, into essential oils, you guys, y'all might freak out just a little bit because check this out. John chapter nineteen, verse thirty-nine, and Nicodemus, who at who who at first came to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. How much would that cost? A hundred pounds of essential oils. Could you imagine? Verse forty. Then they took the body of Jesus and bound it in strips of linen with the spices, as a custom of the Jews is to bury. So Nicodemus, I, I believe that God or that Jesus, in that conversation that night, not only spoke to the mind of Nicodemus, but I believe that that night or or shortly thereafter that. Nicodemus finally broke down and opened up his heart for Jesus to come in and Jesus not only spoke to his mind but he spoke into his heart and Nicodemus was able to break through that stinginess, that greediness, and he was able to to be open and he was able to share his emotions, his time, and even his finances because he paid for the entire funeral how much How much would a hundred pounds of essential oils cost today. Anybody, anybody know any, any idea? I have no idea. All I know is, is from the research that, that I did and, and from the people that I listened to, man, it was, it was at the very least $50,000. And Nicodemus paid it all, man. He became generous. If you are a number five, if you are an observer, you have to learn to pursue generosity because naturally you're a little bit stingy. So pursue generosity. Number two, pursue community. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Again, Jesus or God creates man and he says, uh uh-oh. I messed up with this one. Let's go ahead. We, it's not good for him to be alone. Let's find someone to be with him. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1. A man who isolates himself, seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Then Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider one another. Go there. I'm going to wait till you get there. You got, you, we need to highlight this scripture. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and verse 25. I'll wait on you. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. While you guys are going there, I'll tell you a quick joke. How does Moses make his coffee? This is so bad joke. He brews it. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. Thank you for that pity laugh. That was, that was great. Makes me feel good. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Highlight this part. Underline it, circle it, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together or the coming together as, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We have to learn to pursue community. Listen to me. If you are a number five, if you are an observer, it's so easy and you want to and it's a struggle and it's a fight for you to come to church every Sunday morning. Because you're going to have to be around people. And people are going to want to shake your hand. And, and there's always going to be somebody who's going to want to hug you. And that's always so awkward. And people are going to want to actually have a conversation. And they're going to want to try to talk to you. The nerve, the nerve of some people. Listen to me. If you are a number five, if you're married to a number five, if you're raising a number five, come to church. You need it. It's good for you. It's healthy for you. Do not, do not, do not isolate yourself. Number three, learn to connect with God with your emotions. Learn to connect with God With your emotions. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 7 says, Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Go back with me to John chapter 3 verse 6. John chapter 3 verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is flesh is spirit learn to connect with God with your emotions listen to me you cannot think you cannot think your way into a relationship with Jesus you guys with me I I, I have a cousin who whenever he was a child uh, he was asked I think it was my father who asked him hey do you have a girlfriend he says yeah 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 what's her name and tells her tells tells my dad a name and he says but she just doesn't know it yet Like she's his girlfriend, she just doesn't know it yet. Listen to me, you can't think your way. He was trying to think his way into this relationship. You cannot think your way into a relationship with Jesus. You cannot think your way into relationship with God. You cannot think your way into heaven. You have got to learn to connect with God right here in your heart. With your emotions. Listen, this is why it's important to come to church. This is why it's important whenever we're doing worship to just lift up your hands every now and then. Listen, if, if, if you don't want to fully commit, just hold the baby every now and then. <laughs> you know what I'm talking like Like, hold the baby. Or if you don't even want to commit to that, just kind of angle your fingers up. <laughs> let, let, let's just start there. Let's Let's start right there, okay? It's okay, it's okay, just, let's just try that out. But listen to me, learn to connect with God with your emotions. Learn to allow God to deal with your heart because I hate to say this, but it's the truth. Some of the people that I know personally in my life, some of the people who know the most about the Bible know the least about God. I've had conversations with so, I mean, people that are so intelligent and know so much more about the Bible than I ever would or that I ever will. But they're living like. They're not living it. It's because it doesn't matter what you know. What matters is what you live and what's in your heart. Would you guys agree with me? Learn to connect with God with your emotions. Learn to connect with God with your heart, man. I'm telling you, just, just, just point, just point the fingers up. Let's start there. Maybe next week you hold the baby, and then and, and then maybe next week you just kind of raise the roof just a little bit, and then maybe the next down it's just a it's a touchdown, baby. Come on, you guys with me? Let's start somewhere though. Start connecting with God with your emotions. Start connecting with God in your heart. Just open up your heart. You cannot think your way. You can't observe your way. You can't rationalize your way into heaven or into a relationship with God. You've got to do it in your heart. How to love a number five. How to love a number five. Number one, acknowledge their need for personal time and space. Acknowledge their need for personal time and space. In other words, leave them alone. Every now and then, now listen to me, just a healthy amount. I'm talking, I'm not saying all day, every day, but every now and then especially, especially if you are, you're a number four. If you're a number four and you're married to a number five, remember the number four, they're all up in their feelings all of the time. Number five, they don't care about emotions at all. If you are a number four and you love a number five every now and then, just leave them alone. Don't always constantly nag and try to, if you're a number four, you probably try to make them cry some way, somehow. You've probably put on the saddest movie that you've ever seen or heard of in your life, and you just watched them. And and then when they don't cry, you think, I married a heartless son of a gun. Every now and then, again, again, listen, not for long periods of time, for a healthy amount of time, but just leave them alone. Let them be alone with their thoughts. Let them do their little research. Let them, let them study. Let them do what they need to do every now and then. Just give them time and space. Number two, express how much it means to you when they engage. Express how much it means to you when they actually do engage. When they do have a conversation and they actually do open up just a tiny bit about their emotions. If you sit next to a number five every Sunday in church and you notice next Sunday they do this little thing, just pat them on the back and say, I'm proud of you. Good job acknowledge them uh, uh, uh be thankful for them when they do begin to engage listen to me this this little quote right here you guys need it. write it down you need it don't even write it in your notes write it in your bible write it on your palm this is this is a great little quote you guys ready andy stanley says this all the time what gets celebrated gets repeated now that right there is going to make some of y'all's lives a lot better What gets celebrated gets repeated. Now, I'm I'm going to hit a quick time out here on our message, okay? So ladies, when your husband finally does the dishes, you don't say, finally, it's about time. You say, baby, you look so good when you wash those dishes. You did such a good job. Your muscles were glistening. Oh my gosh, baby. And watch them wash the dishes later on, huh? (laughs) You guys with me? What gets celebrated gets repeated. What getting okay? Time in. Number three. Utilize their knowledge and their wisdom. Utilize their knowledge and their wisdom. Sometimes we just need to accept the fact that we're not as smart as a number five. Most number fives are smarter than what I am because they do more research than what I do. So let's learn to utilize their wisdom. Let's learn to utilize and use their knowledge. Let's pray. This is a prayer. If you're a number five, this is a prayer that you need. God, help me to connect my heart to yours. Help me to feel more deeply and to embrace the mystery of who you are. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this has impacted you and you would like to help us to continue to reach others, please text GIVE to the number in the description. For more information about us and our ministry, go to com.